Hey, welcome to One Creative Act. This is a heartfelt conversation with purposeful dreamers, innovators, and community heroes who turn simple creative actions into their greatest adventures and biggest contributions to the world. I'm your host, Mary Lynn Jenkins. What effect can one creative act have on you, your family, your community, your city, the nation, and the globe? What can come out of trusting that you have something to share through your own creativity? These are the questions we'll explore together. Our hope is that you'll walk away from every episode inspired to get into creative action and motivated to try something new, something you haven't tried in years or something you haven't done since you were a little kid. This podcast is an opportunity for you to discover or rediscover your creative spark. I'm so excited to be with you. So get your walking shoes on, get the car packed for a getaway or snuggle up with a cup of coffee and let's enjoy some time together. Today's guest is such a star. I love her so much. I've become friends with her sort of along the way of intertwining our businesses in different creative ways. And I have truly remained inspired by her steady drive to create and primarily with the community in mind right here in the Jacksonville Beaches area. Seven Brown is a native Floridian born and raised in Neptune Beach, just right down the road from where this podcast was recorded. And after four years in New York and working in PR, she returned home and is now a wife and a mom to two little girls with, you'll have to listen to the episode, but there might be a little surprise on the way. Um, I'll let her tell you. Steven, along with her brother and sister-in-law, are the owners and visionaries of the Hotel Palms. It is absolutely the coolest retro hotel, originally built in 1947 in the heart of Atlantic Beach. So if you're not from here, there are just the most beautiful series of little beach communities just right along the coast. And she grew up in Neptune, and Atlantic Beach is just right down the road from Neptune. So the hotel is right there in the heart of Atlantic Beach. And the trio, she, along with her brother and her sister-in-law, took the leap, created a vision, wrote out a business plan, and they purchased the hotel in 2015. After nine months of breathing some fresh new life into the iconic space, the Hotel Palms was reborn. And the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, but Stephen wouldn't say that. She's got, she's got a lot to share and a lot um, in her vision for what's to come. Our conversation today, it brought up primarily two things, family and community. Words that Stephen and I both really love. Not just people who share the same last name or houses on the same street, but a real depth that exists here. It, it exists in the Jacksonville Beaches community like no place she has ever seen and certainly like no place I've ever experienced. 
She felt it when she went through her own tragic loss, which she shares in this episode. And we also have each witnessed it recently with another tragedy this month, the loss of Timmy Obi. And we couldn't be in our conversation today without, without him coming up. He impacted um, an immense number of people. And that ripple effect is felt throughout our entire Beaches community and beyond. Our hearts go out to the Obi family and everyone touched uh, by this loss. If there's anything that we can feel hopeful in right now, it's that this community is love and it's right here to embrace anyone. And particularly right now with the loss of Timmy to embrace um, their the family and his kids and his wife. Keeping her work all in the family with community and serving it proudly as her daily focus, it's so evident in Steven's voice and in her actions here locally. So I really hope that you're inspired by our conversation to lean in wherever you are, to love big, and to listen for the gifts that you have, that only you have to share. Here's our conversation. Steven, thank you so much. I know you're, you're, you sound like you're kind of burning the candle at both ends every time I talk to you. So <laughs> I'm well, so thankful that you're here. You know, I'm thankful to be here. And isn't everybody burning the candle at both ends? Like, Everybody's busy. Everybody has a schedule. Everybody. Well, and you're I'm no so different. sweet to. Well, tell. Um, I don't. I, I think it's it's probably becoming public information. What what's the what's the latest in the, the in the latest, Brown household? Yes, the latest in the Brown household is that we are expecting a baby boy in January, which is really exciting for a few different reasons. A, we have two girls. So yeah. we're rounding out with a boy. Um, so yeah, this will be our third and final child. And <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, like, okay, so I'm 35. And, um, you know, when I had my first kid, I was 31. So I'm well, I'm tired. Like, yeah. it, like we were talking before, you know, we started recording, like I get in bed every night between like eight 30 and nine. And after I'm sitting there or lying there for about 10 minutes, it's just like, that's it. I'm ready to go to bed. And if I read, forget it, because then I'm like really going to bed. Um, but we watched this show last night, this new show on HBO max, which is quite good. I'll plug it. It's called the white Lotus. And it's about, ah. it's about a resort in Hawaii. So the scenery is beautiful, but all of these different guests and how they're connected and how they're all crazy. Cause everybody's a little crazy. <laughs> so I stayed up for that. Well, it um, has to be for a show because otherwise if there wasn't a little bit of drama, you would, you would fall asleep. Stephen. I would. <laughs> I would, I would fall asleep and this has drama and scenery and it's witty. It's like a dark comedy. Mm. So I'm really, really enjoying that. That that was your, that was your, uh, 
cherry on top last night to be able to stay stay up a little bit later and watch yes. something that held your attention. Exactly. And my husband and I watch it together and it's really rare that we watch stuff together. So I, I always look forward to this. Mm. Well, congratulations on number three, those sweet, sweet little third children. They're just like a lot. I hear it so often that, you know, oh, we, and we had a surprise third and we weren't expecting it. And um, I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of your story. Like this was, we, we didn't know this one was coming and that little boy is going to be so special. It's going to be so much fun. He is. I feel, I just feel so blessed and we have a wonderful support system here with family. So I really, I feel, I feel well equipped. I mean, I say that now only because I'm pregnant. We'll see what happens (laughs) when I actually birth the baby. But, um, you know, I'm just, someone told me over the weekend, like, you're in the thick of it. Like, you just have to embrace it. And it's so true. And it's fleeting, right? I mean, all of these moments are, all of these chapters are so temporary. Mm -hmm. They are. I know that, um, you you have somewhat of a a tragic chapter in your life and i know that you know it's interesting even as i hear myself say that when there's something when there's something that really impacts us as we're growing up i don't know if it's ever something that we fully get over we learn so much from it we know how to move on but the impact is still there do you want to share a little bit about just sort of you know, from my perspective, I feel like it is something that would have to have really had such a huge impact in your life. What, what happened? Yeah, it, I mean, it really did. It, it changed my life in so many ways and really, you know, has fostered like all the growth that I feel like I've done in the past decade. It's been about, it's been almost 10 years since I lost my parents in a plane crash. They passed away coming back from the Bahamas on, um, in March of 2012. And I was living in New York at the time and I was in my mid twenties. And while I had, you know, these kind of plans to move back to Jacksonville, nothing was set in stone, but the day they, um, you know, the day everything happened, the day of the accident, I came back to Jacksonville and I never looked back. And, mm. you know, this community is incredibly special. How we come together in these tragic times to support one another. And I really, really felt that. And I still feel that, you know, being that I'm born and raised here. Um, and my, you know, my parents were very involved in the community. I just felt this, you know, I just felt surrounded by this like love bubble um mm. immediately upon coming back but yeah i mean that first year was i mean it was it sucked i immediately sought counseling and i went to you know counseling every week for a year cuz i'm just like the personality type where you know i want to deal with it head on and while you know, it never goes away. It's, it's, um, it's kind of like a knife, you know, it just dullens over time. And, um, but it's still there, you know, Mm -hmm. when I had my first child, I, I like grieved my, I grieved my mother all over again because she wasn't here and I was, you know, pregnant. And then, um, 
you know, even just recently I had like a, um, I, it, it all kind of came bubbling back because of another tragedy that I am somewhat connected to happened in the community very Mm -hmm. recently. Yeah. And are you, you're referencing Tim? Yeah. 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 Timmy, Obi. I grew Mm -hmm. up with his wife and, um, you know, just, we have children the same age and it just, it brings everything back, just the trauma and how, you know, at any moment, at any given moment, your world can just be ripped out from underneath you. But I had, again, like going back to the community, obviously a lot of people were praying for me because that got me through and, you know, my faith and my older brother and my now husband who, you know, were high school sweethearts and his family and my wonderful group of friends. But it definitely, you know, made me grow up um, a lot, a lot faster than I probably would have. But I think, you know, if you allow it, good can come from tragedy, mm-hmm. not immediately. I mean, you have to go through the stuff. Yeah. And you have to be okay with going through this stuff and being uncomfortable because that's the only way that you're going to grow. And I feel more blessed by this life than I ever did. And, you know, that's age and experience, but it's also this specific experience that gave me a lot more perspective. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're just talking about how these moments are so fleeting and I'm in the thick of it, but, you know, I really feel like now I can be more present because life is really, really precious. Yeah. I want to just speak just a minute because it is, it's so, um, it's so fresh, uh, just to acknowledge uh, the OB family and what, you know, what really did, I feel like, ah, it gets me choked up because I know um, the loss is, yeah, there's not, there's not a silver lining yet. And just to what you've just mentioned, seeing a community surround a family so profoundly is it, it has taken my breath away. My husband um, knew Timmy um, through corporate uh, interactions and had actually just reached out to him the week before the diving accident. And for those of you listening, if you don't know um, the Beaches community, we just had a a pretty... um, shocking loss in a, in a precious, um, man, 36, 36 years old, Mm -hmm. um, in a diving accident. But my husband had just called him because he really is sort of known to be such a incredible, you know, extraordinary diver and a very knowledgeable. And, um, my, my husband and my son have been interested in free diving. And so it was so interesting because I don't know Timmy, but my husband does. And he was talking, he was like, you know, I'm going to call, I've got this old friend and he's so cool and he's such a great guy. And so they had just had a conversation 
um, the week before that happened. And um, so, of course, you know, not knowing him, but having that impact in our home, you know, it really rippled out even to my, you know, my teenage son. We all were like, oh, my gosh. But to see the community's response, I think I saw um, a GoFund, the GoFundMe, which we contributed to. And I'll be sure and put this in the show notes as well. If anybody wants to contribute to the OB family, um, they have three young sons. And I think that the mark for raising funds was like $350,000. And the last time we checked, it's already been, they exceeded that amount, which is such, it is such a testimony to loss, tragedy, and a unit that begins to surround that loss. You know, this community is really, really recognized for that. Did you feel do you, I mean, and I feel like you did, but do you still feel that? Because I want to get into kind of what you're doing now that really has, I feel like has become a, a product of that support from your loss. Yeah. I mean, I definitely felt that, but when, you know, I was going through it, it was, you know, you're just, you're, you're in so much shock. It's kind of, hard to recognize really what's going around you. You're just really trying to put like one foot in front of the other and it can be really overwhelming. So now I'm looking at this through a different lens and a decade later, and it truly is remarkable how this community just embraces its people with open arms and support. I mean, there's people that are donating to the OB family fund that, you know, didn't know them, Mm -hmm. but are touched by the story and the tragedy because it's so fresh and real in a sense. I mean, so I'm just grateful that I live here and can, and can be part of this, you know, this this community of gathering i was at the paddle out this weekend and then we were mm-hmm. at the vigil and um you know just be in communication with with the family um you know after you go through like a tragic loss like i did and my brother did and you may not know what to say to someone but you know what not to say mm-hmm. and you you just you get it and it's kind of like you become part of this little club. Mm. And, um, this is so, so I'm, I'm sitting in my office right now at my house and I just saw a blue Jay fly by my window and I strongly associate blue Jays with my mom. Mm. Um, and I feel like she comes to me in the form of a blue Jay. And I actually, my oldest daughter is actually named Jay after my mom. And I I rarely see blue jays and I'm just I'm sitting here talking about my parents and ah. Timmy and you know, those are the signs, right? Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, you're so overcome with just this grief and just oh, it's just so horrible. But eventually over time you do you can remember them and you start to see signs that they're with you and you just have to open your, open your heart to receiving and this community helps 
the healing so you can you can get to that point. Yeah. If your mom and dad were here and you know they're looking down, they're they're like, oh, she got that from me. What what are the things that you've carried on that that um I know your parents would be so proud of that you carry on? I mean, my mom, like, she was just this, she was a woman who could just talk to anybody, but not just talk, like listen to anyone and really care about what people were sharing. And I feel like I carry on that trait um, pretty strongly. And with my dad, you know, he's an entrepreneur, extremely hardworking, and he definitely passed that trait along to myself and my brother um, because we've, you know, we've gone on to start our own business and I'm also entrepreneurial in, in other ways. Um, but you know, they, they too, as a unit, my parents were married, you know, they got married when my mom was 19 and my dad was 23. And of course there's like ups and downs in any marriage. And then when you throw kids into the mix, it's like a mm-hmm. whole other ball game, but it's like the history that you know, you always, you always fall back on. And my husband, Reed, and I have a lot of that history. So that always comes up when things might be hard. Like, you know, you, you know, there's this history and your parents have this history. And I come from, um, a mom and dad who have been married for over 50 years and I'm married and have, you know, his, my husband's parents, same thing, just been married for over 50, I can't even imagine even hearing myself say it over 50 years, but there is something um, in that as an example. I think when we're going through uh, tragedy, when we're going through hardships and when we're going through parent, just regular days of parenthood and, you know, recognizing like, oh my gosh, it is. And you said this at the very beginning of our conversation, Stevan, you know, the, the moments really are pretty fleeting. Even even when you think about like the arguments that you have with your spouse, or they're really pretty fleeting if you let them be fleeting. Just like mm-hmm. watching your kids grow up, it comes and goes so quickly. Hearing you talk about your kids being so little, it you know the only thing that that measures time for me is seeing that my kids are now teenagers. You know, before we started the recording, I was talking about my daughter being six years old and wanting to ride horses. And now it's been almost 10 years, you know, and she's like, I think she's like bound for the Olympics now, but it's, it's having those role models and recognizing that you can, it's, I guess what I'm getting to is history is a good thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know there's been a lot of conversation lately around just wanting to cancel so much of it. And gosh, if we can't pull from the good examples in history, it it almost squashes what our capacity to move something good forward, doesn't it? In a way, it's like, oh, thank God we can remember, um, you know, what our parents were like if they if they offered us something and left us something good, and we inherited that. Oh, I got that from, I got that from my dad, or I got that from my mom. Yeah. Someone once asked me, like, would you, he was a mentor of mine. And he asked me, like, would you consider yourself, like, how much of your success is attributed to luck and how much of it is attributed to hard work? And it's actually a question that the host of how I built this always asks his guests. But what he said to me, and and I've thought about it a lot, like, I was really lucky 
to have the parents that I had. Like I was obviously chosen to have those parents for a very specific reason. And that's luck, you know? And if I hadn't have had those parents, then I wouldn't have had the opportunities that I had and the values instilled in me that I did have. So when things got really hard, like they did in 2012, you know, it's really easy to turn to other things to get through hard times. But I went the other way, like a lot of people do. And um, that was all, you know, that's all because of my parents. Yeah. You know, grapes don't grow on the mountaintops. They grow in the valley. And that's what my Aunt Dot told me shortly after my parents passed away. And now she has passed away. But it's so true. You know, you got you to gotta go through the hard to get to the good. Yeah, it's so true. What is it that you have used? Because I want to just talk about really, yeah, where you are today and the things I see you and I know you're, you're humble and you're also so strong and you may not see yourself as someone who's, you know, changing, changing the landscape of a community, but I see you using your qualities that you probably have inherited a lot of it from your mom and dad, but also it is, it's just your drive, your passion for community, your passion to create and be in the creative, you know, just keeping your juices flowing, I guess. I see you making such a difference. Um, through really everything that you get your hands involved with. Talk a little bit about your, um, I guess you could call it one of your babies, one of the, one of the babies that you've given birth to and kind of your, yeah, your work with that baby. Yeah. I mean, the Hotel Palm, thank you, but the Hotel Palms is a collaborative effort, you know, a team effort w- between myself, my brother and his wife, Julie. And we're all, you know, equal partners in the endeavor. And we are all creatives in different segments. And we each have our own role um, as it, you know, pertains to the hotel to keep it kind of moving and grooving. This coming October, it'll be five years. Wow. Which, by the way, just pause. The fact that the four of you are all equal partners and you were smart enough in the beginning to declare and I'd I'd love to hear part of the process of how you did sort of determine who's going to be doing what that was so wise you know to come together collaboratively but to equally have the different gifts that you each have to bring to the table how did how did that conversation go I'm so curious well Greg my brother he had like been on a trip to Austin and this was in September 2013 and South Congress was, you know, it had already kind of undergone a transformation, but there's this one hotel in particular, Hotel San Jose, that he checked out while he was there. And he came home just like totally inspired. And he, you know, the there was a hotel for sale next to the Hotel Palms. And he checked that out, you know, because when Greg you know, I, I love my brother dearly. And one, one of these qualities that he has is like, when he says he's going to do something, <laughs> he's going to do it. And he was like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to start a hotel. Um, 
So anyways, that hotel that was for sale didn't really shake out. But the hotel around the corner, which was the Palms Retro, is now the Hotel Palms, wasn't for sale. But the owner said, well, you know, everything's for sale. So put together, <laughs> put together an offer and a business plan and we'll talk. And we just felt really strongly about bringing the first boutique hotel to market. You know, we grew up going to boutique hotels. My sister-in-law had studied them, being that she was an interior designer. Greg's background was in construction. I was living and working in New York for a number of years in PR. So I was very familiar with, you know, travel and hospitality in a public relations um, through a public relations lens. But we didn't have the first clue about like hospitality and taking a reservation and all of that. So once we got our ducks in a row and we made an offer and it was accepted, um, we decided to operate the hotel that was in operation as it was for nine months. So we could get a handle on just, you know, the the day to day. But our business plan from the beginning included what it was going to be once we had done a renovation. Mm -hmm. So the renovation process took nine months and we stayed open during that process. We kind of did it in phases and we worked with um, Bob Leinenweber with Eastern Shores Construction and his team. And they did an incredible job to transform that property. But I think. That was a really wise decision, even though, you know, it it was hard because we were balancing like construction and operations because we were able to message to our guests what was happening. Because a lot of people were like really upset. They were going to miss this mom and pop retro, like kitschy themed hotel with and they just saw us as, you know, trying to replace it. And we didn't know what we were doing and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, after nine months, we reopened as the Hotel Palms, and it was the weekend of Hurricane Matthew when everyone yes. was evacuated, and that was a whole other thing. Um, but we came. <laughs> what did y'all do? Yeah, what we I was pregnant with my first, and I had ha- I had like a horrible like stomach flu or something. So I physically didn't do much, but Greg and Reed, my husband, went and filled, you know, sandbags and at the beach and boarded up and all of that. And we just were like, okay, we just got to pray that if anything, this hurricane takes our houses and not this hotel. Right. It'll be here when we get back. And it was. And um, it's, you know, every the opening of every business always has like a unique story. And that is one of my, like one, my favorite ones to tell. Um, the hotel has, you know, it's like our, our ops document is a living, breathing document and we're always changing and pivoting to what's working and what's not working like our events business, our private events business, the one that I oversee that's evolved a lot over the years. Um, our community events business, the um, just the operational side of things. So back to your original question, how did we decide to, you know, kind of manage these different departments? Well, those were our strengths. And mm-hmm. we just felt like it was smart to, you know, play to our strengths. So that's what we continue to do today. And um, 
we're also, I think what also makes us a strong team is we have the hotel, but we're also, we're also passionate about other projects that we're working on. So I do freelance PR work. And right now I'm working with GORUCK and I'm their PR director. And they're also very community driven. And there's a lot of, you know, crossover with their people coming and staying at our hotel and us doing events with them from time to time. Julie, my sister-in-law is an interior designer. Um, she does that for the hotel, but then she also has her own business edge and lines. She just redid my house and did an amazing job. And then Greg works with her, um, to, you know, oversee just different construction management and financial management of that business. And we also have young families. So it's just really, again, like it's all in the family. It's It's really all in the family. It's all in the family and we're a close family. I mean, we're a small family, but we're a close family. And being that we're, you know, from here, we grew up here. Now we can, you know, have this business here that is very community driven. I mean, that's like, that's the the dream, right? It's really, it's, it is, I think it's, um, and I'm a little bit older than you. My husband grew up here. We moved to the West Coast. We really felt the, it's like, really like the phone is ringing. It's time to go back. And it comes in the form of a baseball bat. Sometimes it comes in the form of like a, a little bit, you know, if you're lucky, it's a whisper. Ours was um, finding out I was pregnant with my second daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like, or my second child who who was a daughter. Um, but we were really like, are we going to raise these kids out here in this incredible part of the country? We were living in the Pacific Northwest and working up and down mm-hmm. the coast. And, but it it really was this sort of whisper kind of call, you know, you've got to get back. And it's been the ongoing call. And I see this with you and your family and your sister-in-law, you know, the, uh, all of the parts and pieces, just when you hear the call, however it shows up, the greatest thing I think that we can find ourselves immersed in is then giving back to the community in some way, servicing the community, however that looks. And yes, we've got to pay the bills and we've got to feed ourselves and our kids. But if you can find the return, the way to return that back, restoring an old old hotel to bring new life to it and keeping uh, the footprint, things that you guys have done. I just, I love seeing sort of your return home and then also how you're, how you're contributing back to, you know, to really make a difference. I remember the, um, I remember all of this really well. So I, I lived here and I just remember the stir around, you know, these, these kids, you're not right. kids, but you know, these kids who are restoring this hotel. And what do you think has been the greatest, you know, sort of, and it, not one singular event, but maybe the greatest home run that you guys have worked together on. And it's like, man, that was a home run for you as owners and then as the community as well, what are the things, I guess, really simply put, it's what are the things that are really working that you feel most passionate about and that you see 
now the community embracing through Hotel Palms? In the beginning, it's a few things. I mean, bringing it to market while also working with with family and, you know, emotions are involved and money's involved and all of that. So, you know, there definitely have been some tough times where, you know, you just want to like throw in the towel and all of that. So putting emotions aside and, you know, staying focused on the, the mission, um, that's been a, that's been a huge accomplishment and that's like ongoing, right? I mean, that never really goes away. What are kind of the slow, you know, the slow seasons or the slow times where you, where you get like that, where you're like, okay, we got to just keep creating, keep driving the mission. Are there specific times of year that are? Well, I mean, one that, you know, I remember fondly is like when all the, (laughs) the COVID stuff was first really starting to happen, you know, that was back in. So March, what was that? 2020. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was TPC and we had like a four night buyout from like a big corporate client and then they canceled TPC. But th- this client was like, you know, she, she was great. And she, Christine Wanderon is her name and, you know, she's lovely. And she, she stuck with us and she, she didn't even use the rooms, but like she paid us. And I think that that gave us like the spark, like, okay, it's about to get really bad. I was like two weeks away from my due date with my second, like it was, it, there was just so many unknowns and Greg and Julie and I had so many conversations while well, like, what can we do to keep people's reservations? And we don't know how long this is going to last. and what's this going to look like for our events business? And, you know, we got creative doing other things, marketing things. Um, But at the end of the day, like it was up to the three of us to figure it out and Mm -hmm. come together in a time that was really scary for everybody, you know, and thankfully, like we got through that and now we're, we're doing really well. And that was just kind of like a blip on the radar. But in times like that, like you're forced to get creative, you know, you never want to get stagnant. I feel like when we feel and we feel it, you just, it's a feeling you feel like you might be getting, okay, you're just, we're kind of cruising. It's time to, you know, switch it up, come up with something creative, whether that be a community event or a special, or maybe we'll do some new construction. We'll, you know, brighten things up, whatever it may be. Yeah. So that's just ongoing. I mean, yeah, we have, we have seasons, but we're, we're very lucky that this is a, um, this is a desirable market for people to come to right now. So we're mm-hmm. definitely capitalizing on that. Um, you do so much more, you know, it, I have been fortunate enough to be able to stay in one of the rooms and I've attended weddings at Hotel Palms and I've had, you know, I've had my own special events there and been so fortunate to be able to partner with you and teaching yoga and just using the courtroom and all those, um, courtroom, the, <laughs> the courtyard, it's not a courtroom, it's I a courtyard, using the courtyard. What, um, 
what what is your involvement? Are you really the point person for all those things that are happening? Because it is, it's easy to, in a sense, like even from where, where how I view Hotel Palms, it's easy to kind of forget that it's, it's a hotel first, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's a hotel first because you, you are pumping so many wonderful things through the courtyard and through, you know, really letting people use it as an experience place. I kind of forget like, oh yeah. And people are just spending the night there. Are you the main share just a little bit around like, yeah, if somebody's listening and you want to, you want to experience the, just the, the greatness of hotel palms. And I just feel like it's like quintessential, the beaches in this area. It just is so representative. I think of all the things that we've talked about up to this point, community and love and support and beauty and a little quirky. There's a little quirkiness in there. And, um, but you just feel at home. It feels like family. What, what is the process like if someone wants to be involved if with someone, their event? Right. I mean, if someone wants to, you know, rent out the hotel and host their wedding or, you know, a family reunion or a birthday party, yes, I would be the main point of contact for that. And I have someone that works with me that, you know, helps execute on those higher production events because it involves a buyout and an event and logistics and, and all of those things. So I am the point of contact for that, but on the community event side, perfect example, we just had a really fun show, um, with Ron Artis, really talented musician. And we do these, you know, music series about once a quarter and Greg is the point person for that. You know, we each have our interests and mine typically include you know fashion related events and things of that nature and then Greg's typically include like art and music and then you know Julie has you know an interest in more of like the fitness side of things so the benefit to us all having these interests across different verticals is that we can execute on all those verticals and appeal to more and more people, which inevitably Mm -hmm. leads to bookings because at the end of the day, if there aren't heads in beds, like we are not operational. Um, So I organize two community events a year, the beaches town center fashion show to raise money for dreams come true. And that's coming up October 7th. And then the Palms I'll Market. I'll be sure and we'll put that in the show notes because that is a really, really special, really well done, Stevan. You do such a great job with that event. And it draws usually ha- about how many people come for. We sell about 150 tickets. Yeah. For that event specifically. And then the Palms Market, which is our annual holiday shopping event is um, Saturday, December 4th this year. And we've been doing that event um, even before we were the Hotel Palms, when we were the Palms Retro. And it's a lot of fun because it was like the first event I ever did and it's grown and it's evolved and and now it's a nighttime event and Mm. people have just come to count on it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's part of their little holiday routine and that's yes, their tradition. Yeah. Their tradition. And that yeah. is such a good feeling because it's part of ours too. Um, so, you know, in the beginning, I, I think we were like saying yes to a lot more and 
then you just, you know, you, you see what really works and what's really appealing. The coffee program, um, which is now six days a week, show pigeon coffee, um, Jamie, you know, she's extraordinary. extraordinary. She's just amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, she is, you, you are a magnet for creative talent too. You know, the people that I've met when I go in there, I just want to be best friends with all of them. But yeah, speak a little bit about show pigeon. Cause this is, if anybody is p- even passing through or um, definitely anyone who's nearby lives nearby and you have an experience just popping in for Jamie's art through show pigeon coffee. It's like a must, isn't it? Oh, it's a must. It's six days a week. Um, during the week, it's seven to one and on it's closed on Thursdays and on the weekends, it's nine to one. Um, but the cool thing about coffee, our guests can experience it as well as the community. And then there's a lot of crossover because, you know, you're sitting mm-hmm. there having this amazing creative coffee cocktail because that's how she runs this. And you just maybe start talking to a guest or you know, a com- member of the community and all of a sudden you've made this connection and then you go on and form connections outside of the hotel, but it started at the Hotel Palms because of Joe Pigeon Coffee. Jamie started doing pop-ups at events with this like coffee, show Pigeon Coffee cart that she had. And that eventually led to, you know, her popping up at the hotel, maybe a few times a month, which led to more and more and more. And now she's, you know, with us full time. And um, that's just been such a wonderful addition to the hotel. And um, it it brings, not only does it bring community members into the hotel, but it brings um, different makers who want to pop up in conjunction with her coffee. So that happens from time to time on, on Sundays, but yeah, check out the coffee. It gets people in, it gets them looking at the space. It gets them looking at the merchandise. So it all kind of works together for a wonderful cocktail of creativeness. What would you say, Stevan? Cause it is five years. A lot can happen in five years and it's really not that long of a Mm -hmm. period of time. And so much has happened. You guys have attracted so much. And I know, I mean, it goes without saying that um, it, it's taken a lot of sweat to get there. And you guys have, you know, rolled up your sleeves to actually keep it this, you know, this um, thriving, even in low, low times, you know, this sort of thriving creative space that we're also attracted to. What would you say to someone who is listening to this? And they're completely overwhelmed by what you've accomplished. If they're like, I don't even know how they've done it. These are these young people who are just, what would be the first uh, loving step you could offer someone who wants to go try their, you know, try, try their, um, test their way of, uh, you know, really making some magic happen. Like it really does seem like you guys have, what would you say? That's a good question. I mean, you just, you can't let fear drive your decisions. And that was, you know, a conversation we had to have before we even purchased the hotel. Like we could have kept doing what we were doing and what we were doing was fine. We were running, my brother was running my dad's um, concrete construction business and I was, you know, somewhat involved, but um, yeah. 
don't let fear drive your decisions and just take pen to paper and start, you know, mapping out your ideas um, and have, there's going to always be naysayers and people that don't believe in what you're doing. And, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion and that's, it's fine. But if you believe in it and the team that you're working with believes in it, then there's something there mm. and you, you can make it happen. You just have to have confidence. Yeah. So true. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to see what you guys continue to create. And I want to be either uh, mopping floors for it, or I'll, I'll, I'll just be there to roll my sleeves up and help because I know that everything that you guys have done, it has been, it's been so fun to, to watch you stay committed to family, stay committed to vision. And then really above all, you're committed to giving to this community. You know, that's really the, the sense that I get every time I step foot into Hotel Palms and I hear of other projects that you're working on and things like that. So I want to wrap up with just a few little rapid fire questions. I love these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) fun. Okay. So these are going to be easy for you. What's one thing that you want to try in your lifetime that you haven't yet? I recently started um, playing tennis because I wanted to learn a new skill as an adult. I don't have a lot of time for it. So maybe more tennis or golf. I don't know. Um, they're just... some of the logical <laughs> sports in Florida, aren't they? I feel the same. I'm like, I don't play anything that is like the logical sport. I have to be doing something that's, but yeah, those are good, good choices. Hold yeah. yourself to it. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm trying to hold myself to tennis. Um, I mean, I have all this, I, I got the racket, I got the shoes. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's the adrenaline and and all of that and, and running around. So yeah, so that, I'm going to stick with that. Okay, good. Okay, fill in the blanks. Creativity gives me blank. And I see my creativity giving others blank. Creativity brings me joy, gives me joy. And I see my creativity bringing others confidence. Mm -hmm. If you had to choose up to three words for your life up to this point, what would those words be? Blessed, joy, and journey. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Fill in the blank. My future looks blank. My future, my like immediate future (laughs) looks like Uh, real uh. loud and chaotic (laughs) um, and just so joyful and Mm -hmm. messy. There's going to be a lot of messes. Sandy and poopy diapers and... It'll be great. Meltdowns. Yeah. And you'll manage. Mm -hmm. You'll manage. They're fleeting, remember. Last question. Why are you most thankful for creativity? Creativity keeps you going. You know, 
the the day in and day out, it's easy to find yourself kind of in a funk or a rut. But you know, when I when I reflect back on my week or my day in particular, I can usually pinpoint like the high point of my day to a particular conversation that I might have had that sparked something in me to like keep going when maybe I just wanted to shut down my day, close up my computer and just kind of stare off into space. Mm -hmm. It is. I I want people to hear that everybody has, has creativity, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's not listening to someone who like, Oh, they're so creative. It's actually, um, it's something that we're all so blessed with, really. Don't you yeah. believe that? Oh, yeah. And I mean, creativity can come in like tons of different forms. I mean, my like art capabilities, I don't think ever exceeded <laughs> what I was like doing in the first grade. And I see that now when I'm like drawing with Jay. Um, but, you know, creativity is 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 verbal. It's um, in movement. It's in just expression. I mean, there's so many ways to to express your creativity. And, you know, going back to like my parents, it was always something that they really fostered in our household. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my brother was always really creative when it came to like athletics and soccer. You know, I was always really creative when it came to like theater and performing. So, you know, just as a parent, I think like, celebrating your kids' creativity in whatever form that is. Yeah. Is, and as an adult important. too. Yeah. Like really just re- remembering that you still, remembering that you've still got it, you know, no matter what your age. So thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today on One Creative Act. I hope this conversation has you imagining what's possible to move in the direction of the creativity you have and to take action to ignite it. I hope you're inspired and recognize that you too have been born with an adventure only you can create. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit the subscribe or follow button, write a review or share it with a friend and connect with us on Instagram at One Creative Act. Share what you loved about this episode on your Instagram story and tag us. New episodes drop every Thursday, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I can't wait to create again together.